90.3 RLC WVPH FM Piscataway. It's the core news for the week of Monday, May 2nd. Yes, that's right. It's May. The school year is almost over. But don't worry. You do have two, count them two, editions of the core news before, of course, it goes on summer vacation. You know, like most everybody else at Rutgers. But don't worry. You'll still be able to hear the 5 o'clock news every day, every weekday at 5 p.m., all throughout the summer here on 90.3 The Core. For today, we've got some pretty awesome news for you. There's the WikiLeak of the Week, your eco and environmental update from Nana, part three in Norton's Mental Health series. You'll find out about that study-in that was held in Old Queens earlier this week to protest higher education tuition costs. And if you didn't go to Rutgers Day, which was this past Saturday, well then Norton will take you on a little guided tour around Rutgers Day, just for you. You'll hear Nerdpocalypse from DJ Calamari with all your comics and gaming news. Find out what's going on in new music this week, and of course, the very last edition of this semester for This Week at the Rutgers Zone. But right now, here's Amy Bronstein with the war update on Iraq and Afghanistan. On April 25th, almost 500 Taliban inmates, including 100 commanders, broke out of Kandahar Prison in the south of the country. The bulk of the inmates broke out of the prison through a 250-meter tunnel, with prison guards being alerted only hours after the breakout had occurred. Afghan officials announced on Sunday, May 1st, that 15 people, including a prison chief, had been arrested in connection with the massive escape, which mounting evidence suggests was an inside job. Only 71 inmates have been recaptured. President Obama announced on Thursday, April 28th, that current CIA chief Leon Panetta will replace outgoing Secretary of Defense Robert Gates. General Petraeus, the current leader of the Afghan war effort, has been named to replace Panetta as head of the CIA. And Lieutenant General John R. Allen, a U.S. Marine, will succeed General Petraeus in leading the Afghan war. Lieutenant General Allen was President Obama's first choice largely because of his work with Sunni elders of the Anbar province. On Saturday, April 30th, the Afghan Taliban announced it would begin a spring military offensive on May 1st. The group appeared to respond to concerns from the UN about civilian casualties, about 75% of which are believed to be caused by insurgents, saying that they would take care to not harm civilians, but the Taliban also delivered a warning that all Afghan people should bear in mind to keep away from gatherings, convoys, and centers of the enemy. I'm Amy Bronstein with a Core News War Update. Wasn't that a lot like a deal? It's a great name. And it's do, a great you know, idea. We, we, uh, we could have sat down and thought of some other band names, but it's like... The Core News. Oh, okay, that'll do. Now it's time for the WikiLeak of the Week. On April 25th, dossiers on 779 Guantanamo detainees were released by the New York Times and other news outlets. These documents reveal very little evidence connecting current detainees to terrorist acts or organizations. In some cases, being in the wrong place wearing a Casio brand digital watch was enough for extended detention at the U.S. black site. U.S. intelligence officials believed that Al-Qaeda gives Casio watches to graduates of its explosive-making programs because the alarm can be set more than a day in advance, making them useful for time bombs. However, these same watches are also sold in every market in South Asia. The leaked documents also reveal that interrogations 
which the Pentagon had maintained were voluntary, were not. In 2004, one inmate was extracted from his cell for interrogations on at least two occasions. Also, a leaked cable from 2008 indicated that light anti-tank arms and grenades sold to the Honduran Armed Forces in 1992 were among weapons seized from narco-traffickers in Mexico and Colombia. General Frazier, head of the U.S. Southern Command, has blamed corrupt Central American militaries for arming drug cartels. I'm Amy Bronstein with your WikiLeak of the Week. And you're listening to The Core News on 90.3 The Core, streaming and podcasting at thecore.fm. This Wednesday, a group of students held a study-in, or a sit-in, near President McCormick's office in Old Queens. Here to get the lowdown on this bit of student activism is Sarah Morrison with your local and Rutgers news. The stakes are getting higher as Rutgers University tuition is getting higher. Last Wednesday, a group of upset students marched up to Old Queens, which is where the Rutgers University administration is located, and demanded to meet with President McCormick, who was in California at the time. They decided to stay when their six points of demands were not answered to their satisfaction, causing quite a stir in the state and in media all around the tri-state area. We spoke with Zach Lerner, the president of Rutgers University Students Against Sweatshops, who was one of the nine students who stayed for 34 hours in the building, fighting for a public acknowledgement for support of a tuition freeze and disenfranchisement from the Fair Labor Association. My name is Zachary Lerner. I am a senior graduating this May, and I'm the president of um, United Students Against Sweatshops here at Rutgers. And been involved in the coalition to save our education here at Rutgers. Last week, there a group of students uh, watched into Old Queens, which is uh, the buildings where the administration is located. President McCormick, vice president's offices, and a group of students came in demanding a freeze on tuition and several other demands. Can you just go through the six demands that the group had? Basically, the first overall demand was basically a public statement of President McCormick to come out for a tuition freeze here at Rutgers University. Basically, even at times when, you know, the economy is well and everything like that, the university still increases tuition by a large amount. Students need a break one of these years. That's basically what we were arguing for. We weren't asking for him to actually go and give us a tuition freeze because we know he doesn't have the power to do that. We're just to stand with students and give a public public support to the board of governors who does choose whether how much our tuition increases and everything like that keep it at affordable also goes with the transcript fee that was just installed recently here at Rutgers which basically just is brand new it used to be free to get transcripts here but then now it's a seven dollar fee they just tacked on for every single time that you try to get a transcript whether it's for it to be shared within the university or to be sent out to graduate schools now students to add on to like the huge amount we're paying in tuition. We're now spending lots of money. Like their students, the average students taking out about eight transcripts like a year or something like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's seven dollars. Next year they increase it to nine dollars. Following it, and they just keep increasing, increasing in fees until students are just paying a ridiculous amount once again. Right now at our university, the actual workers who like you know are both cleaning our dorms or feeding us food in the dining halls at like Brower and Nielsen. 
and they actually, you know, bargained with the university to actually give concession to the university because, you know, budget got slashed. They still got their salaries frozen. And you have a lot of, like, adjunct professors and people who are also cleaning our dorms who are not making that much money. And if they can't get cost of living standards, it's very hard for them to survive. And then also, we were just asking for disaffiliation from the Fair Labor Association, which has been an issue at the university in which it's an investigatory body that monitors um, sweatshop conditions in which we already belong to one, but we're wasting more university funds on paying for another one that actually has a proven track record of actually hindering workers' rights around the world. Okay. And so and that last one was like just student voice. And so as basically right now our board of governors decides our tuition and yet we have one student rep on the board of governors who actually has no voting power at all and we feel this is wrong. Tell me about the 34 hours you spent in the building. All right. So we originally went to the building about 10.17 a.m. With, with a group of about 20 students. The number in the end, like with the nine that finally stayed overnight, was only nine students. Each person represented multiple organization of the 11 that stayed past closing actually nine of them were actually members of rusa which is our student government here at rutgers so basically we all decided to go on because we've been having meetings talking with the administration and basically just keep getting told every single time we need to find more information we need to do this they just keep stalling it was just after we've been talking with them for some of the issues for over a year and just kept getting the same response of we need to look into it we need to look into it without any clear response after the walk into action which was on april 13th we decided that this was the only step because we kept meeting with them and we were getting nowhere and we felt that we needed to escalate we are now paying upwards of like with room and board like twenty eight thousand dollars a year in state and this is and the average student is now graduating with over twenty four thousand dollars in debt here at rutgers and we thought we needed to take a stand have some real change go on at this university basically went inside with all the students and we were very polite uh, went inside went up there because of what's been happening the university actually has cops placed inside the building at all times before we even decide to do a sit-in and they actually blocked off the second floor before when we first even got there so we couldn't even go towards president mccormick's office and so then we went to the third floor was one of the other that was our backup location because that's where the bathrooms were located we basically all decided we all sat down that administration asked us what are you guys doing we're like we're, we're they're like can you go now we said no we're not leaving until significant progress made on these demands or you know you arrest us or forcibly remove us they all like had an emergency meeting to go talk downstairs and so we basically sat down we all started studying because this is when we still had our books and everything on the inside everyone's studying for the different test because that's what the whole point of this is we'd rather we still are all students and we still need to study for our finals but we're all just really worried that students here at this university aren't going to be even able to come back to the university next semester because it's getting way too expensive for the public university of new jersey you have all these concerns you're walking in with these concerns you sit down and you're waiting and it's 34 hours you have to kill what's the mood inside what are you guys doing how are you passing the time what what are you active are you hanging out what are you what are you doing so when it first happened we had press release went out a bunch of media got contacted when we first sat down it was mainly like we sent like text to the outside team who's organizing getting people to all come out at 2 p.m for, for a rally outside of um old queens 
And so we also were sending out, you know, text messages, letting people know what happened so that the buzz got out on campus so that people knew that, you know, we just had this walk into action two weeks ago, which 600 students all gathered around at Voorhees Mall, went to Old Queens, forced McCormick to come outside and address these issues and then walk down College Avenue because people were so mad about the tuition hikes. And so what we ended up doing is People, we first did that, then a lot of people were studying, and, you know, we had to keep dealing with the administration who kept coming in saying, why are you guys doing this? We can't, you know, you have to leave so we can then talk with you guys later. You made your point. We were there for a while, and then when it came to 2 p.m., we all went to, like, the windows to cheer so we could get all the cheers and show people we were inside and everything like that. And a lot of media started coming in. That was the fun part. I guess we got covered by like NBC4, ABC, Fox, the New York Times, everything, which is kind of fun. But we basically killed a lot of time. Like keep, We kept meeting to figure out what the plan was, kept meeting to talk about what the administration was saying, what the situation was on the outside, and also doing outreach to make sure that people were aware of what was happening here at the university. Rutgers University released a statement April 28th saying nine Rutgers students among the 38,000 students who attend Rutgers flagship campus in New Brunswick ended their set in Thursday evening on the third floor landing of Old Queens, the university's historic administration building. The students left voluntarily. There have been no arrests. The university made no agreements regarding the students' six demands. The university continues to consider the issues that have been raised. And that was Sarah Morrison giving you a lowdown on the sit-in that happened at Rutgers University's Old Queens Building. This past Wednesday, students were advocating for, among other things, reduced fees for transcripts, which are now $7 per transcript, which used to be free, and also a tuition freeze, or at least Governor McCormick's advocacy for a tuition freeze. You're listening to The Core News on 90.3 The Core, streaming and podcasting at thecore.fm. When we come back, we've got environmental news, Rutgers Day, and so, so much more. The Core News will be back right after this. This is The Core News on 90.3 The Core, streaming and podcasting at thecore.fm. And now it's time to find out what's going on in our very own local environment. Here's Nana. This is Nana with your 90.3 The Core environmental news update entitled Down by the River. The Delaware and Raritan Canal Commission manages a very beautiful state park system here in New Jersey. Very importantly, it manages land use and protects water that supplies 20% of New Jersey's drinking water. And the commission collects fees that help fund improvements without using any funds from taxpayer money. Sounds important, doesn't it? In June, the commission only remaining full-time employee, Executive Director Ernest Hahn, is retiring, leaving the fate of the commission in jeopardy. Governor Christie's administration has targeted this important River Commission as an agency for elimination. Has it lost its relevance? Is it a duplicate of another state agency? So now its fate is in the hands of the Department of Environmental Protection. Ernest Hahn, the retiree, urges our New Jersey government to keep the commission and replace him when he retires so the commission can continue to protect this natural area from overdevelopment and storm drain runoff pollution. 
Jeff Tittle from the New Jersey Sierra Club said the commission brings a planning and regional perspective to development applications that may impact the canal. They have skills that the DEP does not have when it comes to land use planning. And Senator Kip Bateman, a Republican from Somerset, said this is a real gem. This is an asset we should be proud of. Now to the Delaware River. The Delaware River Basin Commission has nothing new to report as yet for the fate of the basin concerning hydraulic fracturing, but I am very pleased to tell you that Pennsylvania has announced that the Delaware River is the 2011 River of the Year in Pennsylvania. Does New Jersey have one? We have some beautiful rivers. I've tried to find one. I'm going to make one. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to entitle one the 2011 one next newscast. Just wait. Well, nearby, we have the Raritan River, and it is slated to have three dams in Somerset County removed beginning this summer. This will open up a 10-mile stretch of the river for fish migration to their spawning areas. The river has been dammed for over a century in the way of these fish. Hmm. The company responsible for removing the dams is El Paso Corporation. The dams to be removed are Calco Dam, located at mile 20.9, the Nevius Dam at mile 27, and the Robert Street Dam at mile 27.9. The fish that will benefit the most from these dam removals are shad, eel, herring, and striped bass. I'm yet to be able to find exactly when this work will begin, but I will. So there you have it, the Down by the River Eco News for today. Thanks for tuning in. And that was Nana. Next, we're going to hear from Norton. It's time for part three of her mental health update. Norton here with the third installment of my uplifting series about mood disorders. Let's do a brief review, shall we? First off, major depressive disorder is not to be confused with the blues. It lasts for at least two weeks and involves at least five symptoms to be clinically diagnosed. Feeling down for a couple of days and then bouncing back with some basketball antics is not a major depressive episode. Second, mood disorders deal with two main emotional states, depression and mania. Depression, we've covered. Mania, we're about to. But first, for those of you dying to know, here are some treatment options for clinical depression. The most commonly used treatment for depression is medication. Antidepressants can come in the form of monoamine oxidase inhibitors, MAOIs, tricyclics, or selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs. MAOIs work by manipulating norepinephrine levels in the brain, but when taken with certain foods, they can cause a person's blood pressure to elevate and may result in death. Tricyclics, named for their three-ring molecular structure, block the reuptake of neurotransmitters. They require some finesse to come off of, though. Stopping right after your symptoms improve can result in relapse. And finally, SSRIs block only the reuptake of serotonin. You might be wondering what reuptake is. I will quickly explain. Neurotransmitters work by volume. Essentially, your brain communicates through neurons, which can only communicate through an electrical charge. When enough molecules of a certain neurotransmitter are present, they can produce this electrical charge and bam! Neurons fire! Communication is a go! When that's done, the leftover molecules are taken back up into the neuron, thus reuptake. If the depression is caused by a lack of a certain neurotransmitter, then blocking reuptake serves to flood the neuron with said neurotransmitter and allow for communication. Generally, SSRIs are preferred due to their smaller list of side effects and smaller chance of overdose. 
one treatment that works for m- the most severely depressed is electroconvulsive therapy. But this is a last-ditch effort made only when therapy and pills have no effect. Two of the more effective therapies used on depression would be cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, and, for couples, behavioral marital therapy, BMT. CBT is a four-phase process drawn out over 20 sessions that works on improving mood, challenging automatic thoughts, identifying negative thoughts and biases, and changing primary attitudes. Over half of the clients who use this therapy see improvement. BMT concentrates on developing communication and problem-solving skills within couples. And finally, for those who have a history of childhood loss or trauma and suffer from long-standing feelings of emptiness, perfectionism, and are extremely self-critical, there's good old-fashioned psychodynamic therapy, free association, and therapist interpretation. Most people do not require a lifetime of this therapy, though, and it tends to work best in the short term. So there you have it, some of the best treatments for depression out there. If you are suffering from depression, you can check out a therapist in your area or visit the health centers on campus and get help. Believe me, it's worth it. Now, on to the more lively side of mood disorders. Mania is defined as a state of breathless euphoria or frenzied energy. But that's not all. Much like depression, mania has symptoms in other areas besides the emotional. Emotionally, a person may act euphoric, He or she may also act fearless, irritable, and angry. Motivational symptoms include the desire to have constant company and constant outside stimulation, like someone who always needs something exciting to do. Behavioral symptoms can be a person who talks very fast, who dresses outlandishly, and who is very active. Physical symptoms are extreme amounts of energy with little need or want for sleep. And finally, cognitive symptoms consist of a person with bad judgment, prone to little or no planning, who is optimistic and has extremely high self-esteem. If someone displays at least three of these symptoms for at least one week, he or she can be diagnosed as being manic. Now, unlike unipolar depression, in which a person experiences only depression, there are no disorders of unipolar mania, only what is referred to as bipolar disorders, where a person alternates between states of mania and depression. There are two kinds of bipolar disorder, so I'll cover them quickly now. The first one, bipolar 1, is when a person experiences full episodes of mania and depression with mood swings occurring months to months, or within the same day, known as mixed episodes. The second, bipolar 2, is when a person experiences what's called hypomanic episodes. Hypomania is a less severe form of mania, but they still experience full major depressive episodes. And finally, there's cyclothymic disorder where a person experiences mild symptoms for at least two years with periods of normal mood i.e. no depression or mania this can become either of the bipolar disorders so there's the manic side of mood disorders i'll cover some causes and the main method used to treat bipolar disorders until then take care of your mental health that was Norton with part three of her series on mood disorders. When the core news returns, Norton will be back and she will take you on a tour of last Saturday's Rector's Day. You're listening to the core news streaming and podcasting at thecore.fm. We will be right back.
This is The Core News on 90.3 The Core, streaming and podcasting at thecore.fm. So this past Saturday was the third annual Rutgers Day. Never been to Rutgers Day? Well, imagine if uh, all of a sudden there was something going on everywhere on campus, except, of course, for our own beloved Livingston. At the first Rutgers Day, Livingston was not included because it was undergoing a lot of construction. The student center was being expanded. The large walkway between the student center and Tillett Circle, and of course, Tillett Circle itself with its beautiful water feature, were also under construction, so Livingston was not included. Last year, Livingston was in Rutgers Day, and this year, once again, crazy construction happening everywhere. Student dormitory apartments with stores under them are being constructed. They're getting ready to put in some geothermal wells. They're going to be putting solar panels over the parking lots. So a lot is going on in Livingston, but no Rutgers Day. Instead, 90.3 The Core was stationed over on Bush Campus, where we saw all sorts of interesting things. Cook, Douglas, College Avenue, all had different departments, different student organizations, out at tables and tents, providing people an opportunity, people from all around the state, an opportunity to find out what exactly goes on at Rutgers. What do these different departments do? What are these student organizations trying to accomplish? It's actually a pretty interesting day. There's a lot going on. There's no way you can see all of it. But to give you a little taste of what happened at Rutgers Day, Norton went around and talked to some of the most interesting and diverse sorts of uh, groups and departments on Rutgers Day on Bush Campus. I'm Norton, and I'm here with Donald Siegel. Donald Siegel, who is working with the Rutgers Chemistry Society, All right, and they're doing something interesting with ice cream, so why don't you tell us about that? Well, they're um, illustrating phase changes, so how things change with temperature. The way you make ice cream is to take cream or milk and sugar and half and half and cool it down. And normally you do it very slowly, but they're doing it very quickly by pouring liquid nitrogen. Now, nitrogen is the main component of air, and if you cool it down enough, it turns into a liquid, and it's very, very cold, much, much colder than even uh, a dry ice, which is solid carbon dioxide, and it will flash freeze things. Uh, so a lot of fresh vegetables making frozen vegetables are flash frozen in liquid nitrogen and the ice cream dots that you get say at uh, baseball stadiums that's again cream that's flash frozen in liquid nitrogen so in a matter of a few seconds you can turn milk into frozen milk basically ice cream wow and that's safe for consumption very safe it's because the nitrogen boils off most of what it's 77 percent of the atmosphere is nitrogen anyway so it, it's not toxic to work with the main problem is that it's so cold that if it, you splash on yourself you can get instant frostbite so you just have to be careful with how you handle it and once the the nitrogen is boiled off and then it's just regular cold ice cream all right and uh, what gave you guys the inspiration to do this for uh, rutgers day like have you done it in we, rutgers we, day pass we've done it uh every rutgers day um, this, this demonstration is a very old one amongst chemists. Uh, um, many places will list possible demonstrations to do, including um, there are a number that are uh, cataloged by the American Chemical Society. So there are many, many places that use this as a demonstration. Because it's nice, it's safe, it's, it's uh, very visual. 
And everyone likes ice cream. Yeah, everyone does like ice cream. All right, have you had a lot of people coming? I mean, oh, I can yes, see right lot. now you have quite a big yeah. crowd right now. A lot of people come by. And uh, first year when it was much hotter, then there were even, even larger crowds. Uh, but, you know, everyone always loves to see the, the uh, um, steam come off as the nitrogen evaporates and eat the ice cream. And what kind of flavor do you have? Like, is it just plain vanilla or do you they, make... No, we make all kinds. They've got Oreos, they've got M&Ms, they've got strawberry, they've got vanilla, chocolate syrup. The basic ingredients are just milk or cream, half and half, sugar, and then whatever flavors you want to put in it. All right, well, that sounds pretty good. Um, what else do you guys have going on at your table? I see there's a couple of soda bottles that have, yes. uh, what is that, carbonation, I guess? They're, yeah, they're, they're putting um, dry ice in it, which is, and basically the dry ice turns into carbon dioxide and bubbles, that's, and that's always fun to see. They do the uh, Mentos and um, Diet Coke thing to show uh, uh, that going on. They've got a non-Newtonian liquid, but basically cornstarch in water, and the cornstarch suspension, if you push down slowly, it acts like a liquid. If you push down quickly, it acts like a solid. So you can, if you can run across it, it's like running across water. I've seen that on Mythbusters, actually. I saw that. That was pretty cool looking. I've never actually witnessed it in person, but that's pretty cool. And they are also showing a lot of other things fresh, flash frozen in liquid nitrogen. So you can take, like, grapes, and then if you... Uh, throw them on the sidewalk they shatter rather than squishing and uh, a flower yes and flowers you can just crush them and instead of squishing they just shatter like like glass wow so it's the whole terminator 2 thing huh yep that's pretty cool all right well thank you very much for the explanation have a good day Okay, so I'm actually watching them make the ice cream right now, which is actually pretty cool. Um, they have a big mixing bowl, and they have milk and sugar and cream in there. And they added some strawberry syrup, and they're pouring in something. I don't know what that is. Oh, strawberries. Nice. Frozen. All right, so they're pouring in some frozen strawberries. I guess they're making strawberry ice cream. Just a safe conclusion. All right, now... They're going to throw in some liquid nitrogen, and we're just going to freeze this. So it should be pretty interesting. He's putting on gloves, because you can't touch nitrogen, otherwise you freeze your hand off. And it's in frostbite, which is rather painful. All right, so now they're going to pour in the liquid nitrogen, which is pretty cool. It's in, like, a giant vat thing, like a barrel of some kind. All right, so they pour it in, and there's a whole bunch of steam that comes up. So it looks kind of like a fog machine right now, which is pretty cool. You can't even see anything that's going on. Like, the bowl disappears. They pour in quite a bit, it looks like. And it's, like, instantly ice cream. It's pretty cool looking. It's actually all uh, stiff now. It's gone from a liquid to a pretty solid state. And that is how you make liquid nitrogen ice cream. So, I'm going to get some. You guys have a good day. Norton here, and I am at the Test Your Senses and what else? Taste, touch, smell, and sight. All right, so we're testing the human senses, the five, right? Five, because I'm so good with science. <laughs> All right, um, I moseyed on over here because it looks pretty interesting. You have a, a phantom limb pain box. Yeah, it's a mirror, mirror box. It's, uh, it's like therapy to cure phantom limb pain. It's for amputees. Uh, it's Adam. I don't. Okay, do you work in this department? Are you a I'm student? I'm a senior in the CBN department. 
but I graduated this year, and we've been helping out for the past, like, three years. Okay, and what's the, some of the other stuff you have here? You have a weird box with, like, a ball in it? So this is, uh, this is the MindFlex by Mattel. It's, uh, it's basically, like, an EEG. It reads the electrical activity in your brain, and based off that, it controls a fan. It's kind of like you're a Jedi. You can control a ball. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's like a little game. All right, so we got some Jedi science here. (laughs) And what's in the uh, glasses? So those are perfumes listed at three different concentrations. Uh, You just smell them, see if you can guess which is most and which is least concentrated. Now, have you had any people use the Phantom Limb box? Yeah, people use it. They uh, they think it's pretty interesting the way uh, it can, like, trick your mind into thinking you have a hand. Yeah, perception's an interesting thing. Well, thank you for talking to me. Thanks, thanks. Definitely, uh, thanks for being the court. (laughs) We have more listeners. Yay! Have a good day. I am at the Bioethics Society table here at uh, Rutgers Day, and I'm speaking with... Abba Hukum. I am PR chair for Bioethics Society. The Bioethics Society is a fairly new club, and there are two parts to the um, club. We have the society and a journal. Uh, we publish a journal once a year, and you know it's completely the students that put it together. And a lot of the articles that are written are by s- students themselves. And you know our society, we have um, meetings. We meet about every two weeks, where we get together and we discuss bioethical issues. You know, and the name itself is quite misleading. Uh, we aren't completely science-based. All of our issues incorporate, you know, uh, political science, you know, history. So it's a good mix. So, you know, we get a good variety of students that come in and it's really nice. All right. That sounds pretty good. Uh, they have cupcakes here, which is pretty cool. They're donating a dollar. They're, the cupcakes are a dollar in donation for Japan, right? Yeah. So, you know, this isn't going to air until after Rutgers Day. So telling you to come here and get a cupcake is pointless. But, you know, let's hope you did come here and get a cupcake for Japan's sake. But thank you guys for talking to me. And and if people want more information about Bioethics Society, we are on Facebook, so you guys can look us up and attend meetings. Okay, is it just under Bioethics at Facebook or? Bioethics Society, and you could find us, like, um, we have a picture of our journal, so it's there. And we have all our information, so if you ever want to publish um, an article or come to the meetings, all of our information is there. All right, well, thank you very much. Thank you. You guys have a good day. You too. All right, so Norton here, still at Rutgers Day. I am at the Alpha Epsilon Delta National Pre-Medical Honor Society table, and this is the Skills of a Surgeon table where they have games of operation laid out. And I'm talking to two lovely ladies. What are your names, ladies? I'm Loretta Stepka. I work for the Health Professions Office. And I'm Niti Patel. I'm president of Alpha Epsilon Delta. As a part of Alpha Epsilon Delta, we provide... um, advice and uh, help to students in the pre-health fields, including obviously medicine. So we thought it'd be an interesting uh, twist just to have operation out, uh, bring out the children and a lot of people walking out around here, including the children seem to have a lot more fun with this than obviously the uh, adults, but even the adults get a little uh, kick out of, you know, trying to uh, use their skills and see if they have the uh, ability to be a surgeon. So we thought it'd be like an interesting, fun way to educate the people walking around about pre-health and pre-medical questions as well as have them play a little fun game so oh yeah who doesn't love operation I've, I've never been particular i don't think i've ever been particularly skilled at it are these on yes it is. all right let's see if i can do this because i doubt i can we'll go with the happy face because i'm gonna make him cry <laughs> i'm almost positive about that ah, come here happy face oh oh i got it yay 
do that. So there you go. Not not too bad. I could be a surgeon now, so that's good to know. <laughs> if that's the only test you need for surgery, that's awesome. So what else do you guys do here as, as an honor society for the pre-med? We have an application process for people who um, have high academic records to apply to our society and we provide we have events for all of our members to have doctors come in to have Kaplan come in to have different resources for them to help them along the process so the upperclassmen obviously help the underclassmen and it's a good like social networking opportunity for people as well as giving them academic recognition for their work Uh, since it is an honor society they get recognition on their transcripts and so it provides a social network for them and an academic um environment for them to you know pursue their careers so. all right well that's pretty cool are, um are you pre-med yes all right well good luck in that thank you i'll see you ladies later do you have anything else to say i was just gonna say that it, um i'm from the health professions office and we're honored to share the table with aed and uh in fact some of uh the aed members serve as mentors in our office we're the office that serves rutgers pre-med and pre-dental students and uh on this table here we've got uh, handouts about some of the programs that Rutgers has. So we're satisfying the curiosity of some of the parents and families whose kids may be interested in becoming a doctor or dentist one day. Thank you so much. You have a good day. This is The Core News on 90.3 The Core, streaming and podcasting at thecore.fm. We've been listening to Norton take us around Rutgers Day, checking out some of the things they have to offer there. We'll hear a little more from Norton's trip at Rutgers Day when the core news comes back, right after this. This is the core news on 90.3 The Core, streaming and podcasting at thecore.fm. So last Saturday was Rutgers Day here at Rutgers. All over the university, departments and student organizations were showing their stuff to the people of the great state of New Jersey. In case you couldn't make it, or, you know, you couldn't make it everywhere, because it is a pretty big event. Our very own Norton went around checking out some of the very interesting things being offered at Rutgers Day 2011. Genetic engineering. Genetic engineering at Rutgers Society. Okay, and I am talking to Pangsha Arya. All right, and you guys have a make your own bacteria and get a free freeze pop uh, tub here. So I am wondering what that is all about. Well, so we're the Genetic Engineering Society, and we're teaching kids what genetic engineering is at a basic level. So basically, genetic engineering is taking bacteria with DNA inside of them, cutting open their DNA and putting in different DNA in it to have the bacteria do functions we want them to do. So this is something we're actually going to spend our whole summer doing, and we're going to enter the iGym competition. And basically, we are finding different systems to put different genes inside of bacteria and have them do different things, such as the bacterial Etch-a-Sketch is a possible project. And basically, what we're going to do is have the bacteria glow purple when we shine a light onto it. So it's a pretty complicated process. It's simple and complicated. You have to find the right genes. You have to find 
the right type of bacteria, put them in in the wet lab, and hopefully things work out the way you want. Or if it doesn't, then you change the protocol. But here at Rutgers Day, we're making it simple for kids. So we cut out little bacteria, and we tell them about bacteria, what they are, what is DNA, and what genetic engineering is on a basic level. And we're telling them that it's kind of like giving bacteria superpowers. And we want them to make their own super bacteria. So we give them all these pipe cleaners, foam bacteria, clay, and markers, and they make their own super bacteria, tell us their bacteria superpowers, and they get a free spot. Alright, so that's pretty cool. Educating kids with fun. Who would have thought of that? Cool, you guys have a good day. Thanks, you too. Norton here. I am at the Rutgers Office for Violence Prevention and Victim Assistance Table here at Rutgers Day. And they have what's called a clothesline project. I am speaking with... I'm Lisa Smith. I'm the coordinator for domestic violence services for uh, violence prevention and victim assistance. The clothesline project is a, it's a national project, actually, for awareness on interpersonal violence. And so all of the shirts that you see here, and they're multicolored shirts since we're talking to a radio audience. Uh, so all these multicolored shirts uh, were done by Rutgers students, some survivors of interpersonal violence, and then some that were family and friends. The different colors represent different kinds of violence. So, for example, uh, yellow is for domestic violence. Blue is for childhood sexual abuse. Red and orange are for sexual assault. Uh, the white are actually for people that have been murdered through violence. But I will say that some uh, students have just picked the shirt because they like the color. So it's not to say that, you know, we have several white shirts here. But <laughs> we do know that there are a couple at least that are in memory of, of someone. Uh, so this is all to raise awareness. The clothesline uh, comes to Voorhees Mall every uh, September. We have two lines here, uh, but we actually have more than 300 shirts. So when we're in Voorhees uh, in September, we have our whole line out. And students can also make shirts to add more to the line. Okay, and uh, where would students get information about all this wonderful stuff? We have a wonderful website. It is vpva.rutgers.edu. We do offer services that are free and confidential to all members of the Rutgers community. So we do crisis intervention, counseling, advocacy. We also have some volunteer opportunities if that uh, students can get involved with our Scream Theater, which they may remember from when they were uh, at orientation. Scream performs there. We also have two uh, volunteer response teams on campus. That So if they go to our website, they can get information on that. All right, well, that sounds really good. You guys seem to be doing some good work here, so I hope you have a good day. I, I appreciate your interest. Thank you so Anytime. much. Thanks. Norton here in front of the psychology cafe table or booth, whatever it would call. Well, it's a tent, really. It's a tent. Let's be honest. Where they are offering a free cappuccino for filling out a research survey. Um, I'm Gretchen Chapman, and I'm a professor of psychology. Okay, that's pretty cool. I uh, I studied psychology for a long time, so it's it's a favorite of mine, which is kind of why I'm here. <laughs> I'm playing favorites. I'll go with it. Uh, so what's uh, what's the research uh, survey about? Uh, well, our lab studies decision making. So we have a questionnaire today that's actually a bunch of little short questionnaires all put together, each with a, a couple of different research questions on decision making. And some of them are actually about cappuccino, so that's why we're serving cappuccino today. So one of the questions asks people to rate the cappuccino that they're drinking in a couple of different ways. We wanted people to rate an experience that they were actually having while they were filling out the questionnaire. So something that you would be eating or drinking, so it was a, an obvious uh, way to do that experience. And we're, some of us are kind of cappuccino fans, so we picked cappuccino. Yeah, I noticed. Coffee's an interesting thing, but I guess it makes sense at a college campus. Um, how'd you guys get this idea? I think it was my graduate student, Mong Lee, who had the idea. 
she is responsible for a couple of the sections of the questionnaire. There's one section on health policy decisions, that's her dissertation research. That doesn't have anything to do with cappuccino, but she does need data on that. There's another section on uh, how people think about uh, natural and organic ingredients, which is a long-time interest of hers, and that's something that obviously applies to coffee, because coffee is one thing you can get in organic form. So I think it was her idea to, to actually have the cafe and collect the data that way. All right, well, you know, keep the psychology on. Thanks. Definitely. We've had about 300 people so far today. Wow, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, is the psychology department at Rutgers big? We are the biggest undergraduate major. We graduate about 800 majors and 800 minors every year. Um, and we have an enrollment of uh, 22,000 each year, 22,000 seats. And so, yeah, we're the biggest undergraduate major. And in terms of number of faculty and graduate students, we're, we're not the biggest, but we're pretty big. All right, that's pretty cool. We only take about 3% of applicants, I'm sorry to say. Okay, Norton here at the green screen getaway here at Rutgers Day. I'm talking to, what's your name again? Michelle Ortiz. What it is is um, all the computer labs and all the campuses that Rutgers Day is happening on this year, Cook Douglas, College Avenue, and Bush, we all put together this green screen getaway so that Basically, you stand in front of a bunch of green paper and get your picture taken, and it looks like you're on the beaches of Puerto Rico or over by the pyramids of Egypt, or you can be by the Rutgers Scarlet Night or have a Rutgers Day logo above your head. We've had a bunch of people having fun being on the moon and holding the world up in their hands um, with the earth behind them. And it's just, we thought it was a great way to get people introduced to the computer labs and some of the things that are possible to do with computers. And it was something that all of the computer labs across all the campuses could do. Additionally, um, there is one thing that's being done on Cook Douglas that College Avenue and Bush aren't able to do, and that's they're also doing Comic Life, which basically turns you into a comic. Which is really kind of fun, too. Yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. So, um, how did you guys get involved in Rutgers Day? The very first Rutgers Day, um, being Rutgers Day started as, a, as an addition to Ag Field Day, they asked Cook Douglas if they would participate. Um, and so, Cook Douglas was the, was the first campus to do anything like this. And they did both the green screen getaway and the comic life. And we had such a tremendous response to it that last year we actually did it on College Avenue as well. Slowly but surely, as Rutgers Day is moving across the river and involving more of Bush and Livingston. Unfortunately, Livingston with the construction this year, they decided not to do it. But they've been getting us more involved this year, too. So this year, the Bush Computer Labs did it as well. We're hoping next year, all four campuses will have all four labs doing one on every campus. All right. Well, that sounds pretty fun. Uh, What are some of the backgrounds you have here? I see you have international Um, ones. You have some Rutgers ones. We have everything from the Coliseum, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, the Eiffel Tower. Um, We can have fish going behind you, and you can be underwater like you're in an aquarium, a roller coaster ride. Um, the Rutgers ones, we have the Scarlet Knights, we have the Visitor Center, the Rutgers logo, um, the Rutgers Day logo. We offer all different kinds of sites that you would think of when you think of Rutgers, you know, things that are going to inspire Rutgers or um, various places around the world, you know, red carpet with paparazzi flashes going off in the background. So different things that people, you know, may want to travel to and maybe, you know, this summer they just don't have it. So this is, a, you know, we've got a lot of people going, oh, look, it's the economic vacation. Hey, that's true, you know? Whatever saves a dollar nowadays. All right, well, thank you for talking to me, and uh, like, I hope you guys have a great turnout. Has it been good so far? It, yeah, it's been great. We've actually had a lot more than we thought we would because we're kind of off on the edge of all the bush, so we weren't entirely sure that enough people would get over to us, and we definitely had a good enough response to say that I think we'll probably be here again next year. All right, well, we look forward to seeing you. Thanks for talking to me. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. And that was Norton taking you around last Saturday's third annual Rutgers Day.
If you're interested in finding out more about Rutgers Day, well, you can, you know, look on the Rutgers website, but you'll pretty much have to wait until next year. However, the fourth annual Rutgers Day will probably be the same time as this year, the last Saturday in April. Next up, it's time to find out about new music. Here's Justin Magic with your new music update. Polystyrene, the lead singer for punk band X-Ray Specs, passed away this week at age 53. Styrene died this past Tuesday after a battle with cancer. The band X-Ray Specs only released one album, Germ-Free Adolescence, in 1978. Despite their short success, they're still considered legends of punk and pioneers for female-fronted rock bands. Styrene also began a solo career in 1980 with her album, Translucence. Outcast rapper Big Boy has been confirmed to be working with Modest Mouse. Big Boy sent out tweets saying that he was working with Modest Mouse on their new album. The extent of his work with the band is not yet known. There is no set release date for the next Modest Mouse album so far. Rap collective Odd Future have began their own record label. Odd Future Records will help produce and distribute material from any of the collective's members. The collective says that they hope starting their own record label will allow them more creative freedom. The Strokes recently released their new album Angles, but they are already at work on the next album. Guitarist Nick Valenci said that he didn't enjoy the way Angles was recorded and they hope to get a new album out as quick as possible. Most of Angles was recorded without the help of lead singer Julian Casablancas. Iggy Pop revealed that he was once considered to be a judge on American Idol. Before the show hired Steven Tyler and Jennifer Lopez as new judges, producers of the show were in talks with Iggy Pop. According to Iggy Pop, the initial talks didn't go very far, as he wasn't interested or available to do the show. And now for your 90.3 The Core Charts for the week of April 26th. At number 10 was The Arctic Monkeys with Don't Sit Down Cause I've Moved Your Chair. Number 9 was Underneath the Pine from Turo E. Moi. 8 was Sparkles Hit with Hits and Giggles. 7 was The Dodos with No Color. 6 was Wounded Rhymes by Likey Lee. 5 was Foo Fighters with Wasting Light. 4 was The Fall by The Gorillas. 3 was Adela's 21. Number 2 was Angles by The Strokes. And number one was TV on the radio's Nine Types of Light. With the 90.3 of the Koi Music News, this has been Justin Magic. This is MC Lars, and you're listening to the Core News. Did I say that right? This is Nerdpocalypse with DJ Calamari, bringing you the latest in comic and video gaming news. Today's top story, PlayStation is rewarding its existing PlayStation Network users with a free 30-day trial of PlayStation Plus when the service returns this week. PlayStation Network was shut down on April 20th after hackers illegally entered the system and the information of 77 million users was compromised. While it is not believed that credit card information was stolen, users were still outraged. Sony hopes this program will bring people back to the PlayStation Network with increased security and better service. Up next, on Monday, May 2nd, Old Spice spokesperson Isaiah Mustafa will host the U.S. premiere of Thor live in Hollywood. A live blog will take place during the event, which is set to start at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It is fitting that Mustafa would host the event, as he has expressed interest in portraying another Marvel superhero, Luke Cage, in a potential film. Thor opens in theaters May 6th, starting off the summer movie season. Finally, new posters have been released for the Green Lantern film, bringing the promotion for the film up to speed. The new posters show many members of the Green Lantern Corp, with Hal Jordan, Ryan Reynolds, as a prominent figure. The posters were released along with a new Green Lantern television spot. The movie is set for a June 17th release. This has been Nerdpocalypse with DJ Calamari. Stay tuned for some more great core radio. You're listening to The Core News on 90.3 The Core, streaming and podcasting at thecore.fm. We've been bringing you events from the Rutgers Zone every week this semester. The Rutgers Zone is located right here in the Livingston Student Center. 
This is the last week, and in fact today is the last day that the Rector's Zone will be open for general use for the semester. Don't worry, they'll be back in the fall. So let's find out what's happening at the Rector's Zone today. It's pretty much done though. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> so then I guess we'll, we'll do the, the last the week last? at the Rector's Zone of the semester. Yes, totally. Hi, this is Lisa from the Rucker Zone, and here are your upcoming events for May 2nd, 2011. Today is our last event at the Rucker Zone. It's Monday, May 2nd. De-stress at the Rucker Zone from 6 to 11 p.m. Celebrate the last day of classes with us. You have three ways to de-stress before final start. You can come for a complimentary massage from a certified massage therapist, customize your own ice cream sundae, and get free tokens to play arcade games. Everything is complimentary. Sponsored by Student Life. This is the last day that Rucker Zone will be open until the fall semester. Have a good summer. <laughs> That's all for this week's edition of the Core News. Sadly, it is the second to last Core News of the semester. Next week, you can tune in for our last episode before the news takes a vacation for the summertime. You'll hear all about commencement which is going to be brand new and completely different this year at Rutgers, and what you can expect if you're graduating or, you know, plan to graduate sometime in the future. We'll also be talking about you, what you learned this semester. If you'd like to share something you learned, a life lesson, something from one of your classes that, you know, just really made this made the year for you academically, well, then you can let us know. You can email us at news at the core.fm. Or you can give us a call at 732-445-4100, extension 6, excuse me, extension 86. And let us know what you learned this year. The Rutgers Gardens Farmer's Market starts up this Friday for the season. That goes Fridays, noon to 5 p.m., all summer. You can check that out at the Rutgers Gardens right here at Rutgers University over by uh, Route 1 on Cook Campus. Also, the spring edition of The Anthologist is out. Never heard of The Anthologist? Well, you should. It's been around since 1927. It's the literary and arts magazine that has served to preserve and inspire Rutgers' creativity for nearly a century, publishing high-quality art and writing. If you want to check it out and see if their claims are true for yourself, well then, look at newsstands around campus and you'll see it sitting right there. If you'd like to contact the Core News, ask a question, request some more reading material, make a comment, or just say hi, you can do that by emailing us at news at thecore.fm. The Core News has been brought to you by Amy Bronstein, Sarah Morrison, Nana, Norton, Justin Matchick, DJ Calamari, Stephen Yannick, and Mindy Hoffman. One final note, Lisa, who's been telling you what's been going on in the Rutgers Zone all semester, is a graduating senior, so we'd like to say to her, congratulations and good luck. Stay tuned, because the beautiful sounds of Sounds Inflicted are coming up next. And you've been listening to The Core News on 90.3 The Core.